to the Bear Wozniak Adventure. Kickstart that engine and roll thunder with the pack. Explore the grittiness of masculine spirituality. Gain traction in the virtues. And soup up your spiritual engine by turning adversity into adventure. Now, here's Bear Wozniak. Let's ride. Aloha and welcome to the Bear Wozniak Adventure. I'm your adventure guide, Bear Wozniak. You know, I used to talk about masculine spirituality, but I'm done talking about masculine spirituality. There's so much confusion out there with five million different versions of genders and all of that. But we know as Catholics that God created man, men and women. Just, there's just two genders. So now I just talk about manliness, what it means to be a man. What is manly virtue? And we're seeing a total attack on the family. Uh, Satan hates family. We see people, the anti-patriarchy movement. You know when you say, you know who the, the ultimate patriarch is God the Father. Fatherhood is not something that we made up, something that we project onto God and say, well, God is kind of like a father. It's the other way around. We're kind of like God the Father. Men are kind of like God the Father. The Trinity, before all time, before all creation, there was the Holy Trinity, God the Father, the eternally begotten Son, the Logos, Jesus, and the Holy Spirit, the love that was between them. Three persons with one nature. By God's very nature, God is Father. And by Christ's very nature, He is Son. If people want to rise up with this anti-patriarchy movement, they're actually, it's a demonic attack against God the Father. Satan rebelled against him. He, he hates authority. He's a rebel and a liar. So this whole anti-patriarchy movement comes right from the pit of hell. And then we see this movement that, there's so, there, that we have to figure out what pronoun to call people, what gender they are. The Bible's very clear. He made them male and he made them female. Now, as Catholics, we have the answers because we believe in Thomistic philosophy. We believe in the revelation of Scripture. Jean Paul II, our great saint, wrote 139 homilies on the theology of the body. And we know that we are made male and female. And so we're made beautifully but we're made differently. We're made in the image of God, but we're made to have different qualities and different, uh, different kuleana, different responsibility. And this is the time now when we see the laity, the Catholic Church, the men taking their place on the wall, uh, saying we are going to rebuild the wall. You know, in the book of Nehemiah, it talked about how Nehemiah the prophet came back to Jerusalem and said, what happened to the walls? Well, isn't that what it looks like right now? We look at America and go, what happened to the walls? i was been with Rick Santorum twice in the last two years, and both times he, he pointed at us and said, if you're wondering what the, why the state of, the, of the America is, is what it is, it's your fault. You were sleeping on the job. We need to challenge uh, men in particular to retake their place of spiritual servant leadership, laying down their lives. The ultimate happiness for a man is to take on a cause that's bigger than him, where he's willing to die for the cause, willing to lay down his life for the cause. 
That's what a warrior is. That's what courage is. When you say, I care about this more than I care about myself. I care more about my family, more about my country, um, more about uh, absolute truth and moral truth than I do about myself. God is Father. God has a Son. The Trinity in that sense is like a family. Actually, we in that sense as families are like the Trinity. And men need to take their place on the wall. When you look at the book of Nehemiah, you would say, this man and his family rebuilt the wall from here to here. And this man and his family rebuilt the wall from this place to this place. And then it talks about how they, the, whole, the, whole, the whole of Jerusalem, it talks about how the whole walls were rebuilt. But when they became successful, the people around them hated them. You know, you're hated for being happy. You're hated for having integrity. You're hated for living a life of moral virtue. You're hated for that now. But we, so what happens is we come under attack. And in, in, in the book of Nehemiah, you see a man, they begin to come under attack. So while one man was working, another man would stand there with a spear and a sword to protect him. And the men that were lock, walking along the walls, bringing the mortar and the rocks or whatever material they needed, they kept their sword unsheathed while they carried the building material. We need to get our swords out of their sheath. We need to stand up and protect men, come together as men, rebuild the wall. It's the domestic church, one man and his family. When Archbishop Chaput spoke to us at the Napa Institute two years ago, someone asked him, what is the key to evangelization? He said, simple, get married, raise godly children. And that's what this show is about. It's calling men back to manly virtue. And that's why I have a manly man with us on the show today. Uh, we have with us as my co-adventure guy today, Vince Eberling. He's, he's a deacon, and he's one of the men that is calling the men in the Miami Catholic uh, area to come together for, uh, he, he's one of the leaders of the men's conference down there. Deacon Vince, aloha, and welcome to the Bear Wozniak Adventure. Thank you, Bear. Uh, first of all, I would like to ask you this question. I mean, I'm really, it's just an honor to speak to a deacon, and thank you so much for that. How did you receive that calling to become a deacon? Well, it was a long journey. Uh, after we were married, my wife and I, as I told you, moved to South Florida, and we became more involved in the church, made a marriage encounter weekend in 1977, and then um, we were called to lay ministry, and then after lay ministry, I received this call that God wanted me to do something more. So I... Uh, applied for the uh, permanent diaconate program in 1986 and uh, was accepted, uh, ordained in 1989. And that began another very long and beautiful journey, uh, 30 years now. What would you say was the most significant thing you experienced during the formation period of your diaconate? I, the, the prayer life of and the camaraderie among the uh, deacons and the uh, and the deacon candidates, um, it, it really was was quite impressive. A lot of times uh, you hear people say the word formation, and uh, then what they mean is education and not formation. Education is only one component of it. You have to meet the person of Jesus Christ before you learn something about him and have that make sense to you. Uh, people do not 
worship books, they worship the Savior. Amen. You know, my dad's a deacon. He became uh -huh. a deacon around the same time you did. And uh, at the time that he was becoming a deacon, I had actually kind of left, I'd left the church for a while. Mm -hmm. I was not, um, it wasn't that I wasn't wanting to go deeper with Jesus. I had had a personal encounter with him through the Catholic Charismatic Renewal in 1973 but i i kept wanting to go deeper with god but the only people i knew that were giving me what i needed from teaching and that sort of stuff was coming from the protestant renewal i had gone to a baylor the baptist university and uh, i wanted to go deeper but i had been under catechized i never even heard of the church fathers and the catechism i don't think was out yet and so i it's not i i say i didn't leave the church the church left me I was there hungry, starving, wanting more. And the church, the, my, my connection to the church wasn't giving that to me. And so I started searching other ways. But as my father uh, became formed in the diaconate, as you say, I saw not just him uh, learning doctrine. I saw him change before my eyes. I saw humility, which I never knew in him. A prayer life that went deeper. I knew, I knew about his prayer life. I'd seen that. And his love for the church. And I was just like, what, what is this about? And finally, he gave me a book, uh, Marriage Supper of the Lamb, and then uh, Stephen Ray's book, Crossing the Tiber. And I came roaring back. So what is, this, what, what is this process of formation that he calls all of us to? Well, it's, it's a journey. Um, it begins with the first step. And, and the first step is meeting the person of Jesus Christ. And when, once you meet him, you want to know more about him. So like when he called the disciples, uh, he said to them, come follow me. And uh, they weren't faithful in answering him. They were just so impressed with the guy, they went out and, and took a walk. So then they say to him, where do you stay? And they spent the rest of his time on earth walking with him so that they learned more and more about him. They went through the whole process of being first called, then evangelized and equipped, and then discipled and sent forth. And that whole process is really long. We're talking with Deacon Vince Eberling uh, here on the Bear Wastick Adventure. He's a deacon down in the Miami area, uh, and uh, he's one of the organizers of the no Man Left Behind men's conference there. We'll be right back with more of the Bear Wozniak adventure. The Catholic solution to the healthcare problem is here. Paying too much for your healthcare costs? Solidarity HealthShare is a healthcare sharing ministry which provides an ethical way to fund healthcare costs while protecting and practicing their Catholic beliefs. Best yet, Solidarity HealthShare members are exempt from the fines and penalties in the Affordable Care Act. For more information, call 844-313-4999. Again, 844-313-4999. Or visit SolidarityHealthShare.org. We are here with our financial liberator, Tom Gripe, the president and CEO of Notre Dame Federal Credit Union. Tom, tell us, what's the difference between a bank and a credit union? Well, banks serve a great purpose in society, but they are really owned and operated on behalf of the owners, which are people that own shares in the bank. So the bank does business, and their profits, which is what they exist for, is to uh, make as much money as possible and pump that money back to the owners. 
Credit unions, on the other hand, are a totally different animal. We are a co-op. We are a not-for-profit. And what that means is we exist solely for the benefit of our members. So we are not here to make a ton of profit. We are here to make enough profit to sustain ourselves and then pump everything else we can back into the pockets of the people who own us, which are our members. We've been talking with Tom Gripe. He's the CEO of Notre Dame Federal Credit Union. You can go to NotreDameFCU.com to find out more. The Financial Liberator. This is a warning. The Bear Wozniak adventure is dangerous. The radical change Bear challenges you to is not for wimps. Change this station to a soft rock station before it's too late. You've been warned. Now, here is Bear Wozniak. Aloha, this is Bear Wozniak. I need to remind everybody of our great sponsors. We're so proud of Solidarity HealthShare, what they do for us. A couple of members of my family are members of that program. Uh, nowadays, when so much insurance uh, forces you to pay in where they're providing uh, for contraceptive care and things like that that are contrary to uh, Catholic teaching, solidarity gives you the opportunity to have an alternative health share type of, of, of um, protection uh, that comes from pure Catholic teaching. And I'm so proud of, I'm so proud that they're part of us and, they're, and for their sponsorship. And I also want to thank Notre Dame Federal Credit Union, who is amazing. I've gotten to be in their offices in Notre Dame. Uh, they helped me, they helped me uh, finance a used car here in Hawaii, right in the middle of a four-week shoot of Long Ride Home Season 3, when I was so busy, never available by cell phone. And they, without knowing it, the person helping me didn't know that uh, Notre Dame Federal Credit Union was one of our, my sponsors. They were becoming a new sponsor. She was so beautiful and so tenacious and made everything so easy, and they can help you no matter where you are in the country. So the largest uh, Catholic Federal Credit Union in the world, Notre Dame Federal Credit Union, you can go to our website, deepadventure.com, and you can see the links to them down at the bottom of our, of our site. So please support our beautiful sponsors, because without them, we wouldn't be coming to you. And also, we want you to go to deepadventure.com, because you can subscribe to our email, and that by doing that, you will get a link the morning before the show airs of the actual show on video. And if you, if you love this show, it means it's means because you love to see, we want to see men challenged and mobilized for the Lord. The best way you can do that, one of the best ways you can do that is take that newsletter that we send you and send a copy of it to a, a buddy of yours because then they'll get to watch Deacon Vince Everling, our guest today, on our YouTube channel. And we're asking you, please go to the YouTube channel, Bear Wozniak, and subscribe because the more subscribers we have, the more YouTube helps us to evangelize. So please go to our website, deepadventure.com, sign up for our newsletter, go to our YouTube site, and subscribe to our radio show. You know, the radio show goes out over the EWT network. There's millions of people listen to it on, the, on this and on the podcast apps, but we're really thrilled about the opportunity to evangelize using our YouTube channel. So Deacon Vince, um, I interrupted you in the middle of a real powerful uh, statement you were talking about, about di the diaconate formation, the formation of any Christian. And you were talking about Please, please start over where you said when Jesus called them and then that process of the personal encounter and the process of formation that he took them on. Yes, and I, I think that when men come to, uh, to the diaconate particularly, they're from all walks of life, but also from all levels of, of uh, spiritual formation. And as they grow in formation together, as you say, you, you see a transformation. Something happens that, that's different. 
And that type of change, that type of formation is something that we need to bring out into our world for all men. Uh, our Catholic men are wandering around in the dark and they need the light of Christ in their lives. Well, you, well how did it affect your prayer life? That, I think that's very, that's very interesting. It introduced me to the Liturgy of the Hours, which I had never been introduced to before. Uh, it introduced me into a, a much deeper walk in the Scriptures. And uh, it, at that time, there really weren't a lot of resources around. If you wanted a commentary, you had to go to a library. Now you can get them online and things like that. Tell, us, a, tell at, us about the Liturgy of the Hours. That rocked my world when I when my dad t turned me on to that. I yeah. love the Liturgy of the Hours. Explain, to, a lot of people don't know what that is. Explain how they can, what that is and how they can use that. Well, if, if it's followed correctly, you would end up praying about six times a day. And it starts either in the morning, either with the Office of Readings, which gives you uh, Psalms to pray, and um, then a reading from one of the, uh, the letters or one of the Gospels, and then a, another uh, dissertation by one of the, usually by one of the early church fathers. And then um, at the end of, of that prayer, you can either go into the morning prayer, which is the, the, the next hour. Some people do the morning prayer before the office of readings. They, they kind of switch back and forth. And then there is actually a prayer even for mid-morning and for noon and for mid-afternoon, and then evening prayer. And evening prayer is a time when you really thank God for your whole day, and the Psalms lift you up to that place where you really are able to praise God and to answer uh, Him and and to really talk with God about your day. Um, when evening prayer is done, um, before you go to bed at night, there's also night prayer. And night prayer, we start with an examination of conscience. Uh, we have a, a short uh, verse from the, um, from the Psalms, and then we have the, uh, the canticles. Um, there's a different canticle for each one of the hours. So the Liturgy of the Hours, for those of you who don't, aren't familiar with it, maybe you've heard of it. Um, you know, I have a four-volume set here in Hawaii and a four-volume mm -hmm. set in Florida. And I, I normally uh, will pray uh, I, uh, the Office of Readings, and I love the nighttime prayer, too. But a lot of people just do the Office of Readings and the noon and the night. You don't have to do all of it. But if you pray the Liturgy of the Hours and you read the Gospel readings every day, you pretty much go through the whole Bible in a three-year period. But it all sounds so confusing, and it seems so difficult to, well, where do you even find this? They've made it so easy now. You can go to the Laudate app or Universalis. I like Universalis because, uh, like, in the morning when I'm waking up, I can turn that on and listen to it on my headset before I even get out of bed, the, the morning prayer in the Office of Readings. And, uh, but the Laudate app or the Universalis app uh, provides it for you, what, what readings there are each day. And you can even, with Universalis, you can listen to it. And so if you're looking to, to develop a disciplined prayer life, which, of course, we all need to do, the church has provided this beautiful 
liturgy, the hours, which goes back, this type of prayer goes all the way back to the before the time of King David. He would keep the hours. Uh, but, uh, and he wrote a lot of the psalms that we use. And it was more formalized uh, by, by St. Saint ben Benedict, when I'm, an, I'm a Benedictine oblate, and then developed more thoroughly by the church. So the Liturgy of the Hours means the work of the people. And so many men, Vince, they go, I don't have time to pray. i got to go to work. Well, your most productive thing you can do in life is spend an hour every day with the Lord. It radically, uh, it radically changes you, and uh, it moves you forward into God's will. It uh, helps you have clarity and simplicity in your life. And if you're a man and you're not rising early to slay dragons on behalf of your family, you're a poser and a coward. You have no self-discipline or any self-mastery, and you need to man up and take the role that God's given you and take charge of the spiritual protection in your home. So the Liturgy of the Hours is a great way. And then, of course, you said meditation on Scripture. What happened in that area for you? Uh, well, Lexio Divina came into my life, and that was really powerful. And what is that? Really, to really take the Scriptures and go deeply into them and, and sort of immerse yourself in that experience. And listen, listen to what Jesus is saying to you in each one of those verses. Sometimes I, I even will put myself in the place of different people within a, a story within the gospel. And then that gives me a different perspective. I mean, for example, the prodigal son. Um, sometimes you, you look at the prodigal son from the standpoint of the father. Sometimes from the prodigal that went away, sometimes from the brother, and sometimes even from the servant who came out and brought the coat and the ring for the prodigal son. And each one of those gives you a di different perspective. You, you see yourself as a man, uh, as a son, as a father, as a husband, and what that means to the world that you live in and the integrity with which you must live your life. We're talking with Deacon Vince Eberling. Uh, he's down in the Miami area. He ha he's one of the leaders of the No Man Left Behind Men's Conference down there. And I, you know, I agree. When you, when you meditate on God's Word, there's only two places in the Bible where it talks, uses the word success. I believe one is in Joshua 1 and one is in the first Psalm. And it both says, if you meditate on God's word day and night, success will attend all you do. Why? Because God really likes all your plans and your goals? No, because you're going to know God's will. And there's nothing more thrilling in life than abandoning yourself to the wild adventure of God's will. You know, saying, Lord, not my will, but your will be done will lead you into the hardest possible life, but the most rewarding life. And also, knowing God's will is very simple. It's to be like him. And when you abandon yourself for a cause greater than you, when you, when you will the true good for those around you, and you love other people, not for your sake, not even for their sake, but for God's sake, everything becomes simple. And you get to take on the biggest challenges. Like King David said, lead me to the rock too high to climb, and I will climb it. By thee I can leap a wall. By thee I can crush a troop. By thee I can bend a bow of bronze. Hey, if you can bend a bow of bronze, why would you want to use a regular uh, a bow. God has a great challenge for you, but it's a great reward. Abandon yourself to God's will. We'll be right back with more Deacon Vince Everling. Deep Virtues. 
with Bear Wozniak. Aloha, this is Bear Wozniak from DeepAdventure.com with Deep Virtue number 82. This is called The Best Perspectives Are From the Edge. My, my children were younger, my two youngest sons, Shane and Joshua. I was a ninja black belt and I was training them to get their black belts too. They were in high school and some were in junior high school. And I would take them hiking at night. I used to hike every single night, uh, go out into the mountains behind my house in Southern California. You could be so alone up there so fast, not a light uh, shining anywhere. And we would go hiking at night and we'd go up into the mountains and, uh, and we would do our ninja training up there because a lot of the ninja training is in the dark. Um, in fact, when you, if you're ever gonna get in a fight, good chances it, may, it probably will be in the dark. And so we would hike there at nighttime. And we go way up on top of this one mountain. It's called Boney Ridge in Thousand Oaks, California. And when we would get up there, there's this kind of a flat rock, and we'd go through some of our, our um, fighting techniques. And then we'd sit on that rock and just look over um, Thousand Oaks and Ventura and over into the San Fernando Valley. And you had such a perspective. Uh, and it made you realize that you've got to step out of the box sometimes in your life and get a new perspective. I want to challenge you to get away someplace into nature this week. Get away with the Lord and spend time with him and say, God, am I really just going through a routine? Am I missing something here? What is it? Is there, is there something that I'm missing? Is there a calling? Is there a new perspective I need to get from you? What Can I recreate my life in some way that gives it a new trajectory that's more uh, perfectly in tune with your perfect will, God? I believe that God has a passion project for each one of us. There's something that he's calling you to that only you can do. And I'm challenging you to get away with the Lord and discover what that is. This is Bear Wozniak from DeepAdventure.com with Deep Virtue number 82. Deep Virtue with Bear Wozniak. Find out more at DeepAdventure.com. Aloha and welcome back to the Bear Wozniak Adventure. This is where we challenge men to manly virtue, to justice, fortitude, prudence, self-mastery, to the theological virtues of faith, hope, and love. Uh, Aristotle said that People have this natural desire to be happy. We know that. That's part of the upward yearning in our heart is to pursue happiness. And he believed, he taught that the, the true happiness comes when you pursue the four cardinal virtues of justice, self-mastery, prudence, and fortitude. But what Aristotle didn't come to grips with is that we try and we fail at that. And Paul saw that. He said, why do I do the things I don't want to do and why don't I do the things I want to do? But then he proposed the three theological virtues of faith, hope, and love, the greatest of which is love. Man, it's time to enter into manly virtue, but you have to begin with the theological virtues. And we're talking today with Deacon Vince Eberling, who's one of the uh, innovators and leaders of the No Man Left Behind conferences down in Miami, the men's conferences. And we want to talk with you, Deacon, what is it that... that, what is it that um, gave you the inspiration for that conference, or what do you see happening when men come together? It's a little bit of a long story, but uh, I'll try to make it brief. In 95, uh, a man came to me and said, I want to be a deacon. And I said, good. I said, let's sit down and talk about it. And he, he never called. And then uh, I guess about a month later, I saw his wife in church, and she was by herself. She was crying. And I said, uh, what happened? She said, he left me. I said, he left you? I said, it just was completely blew my mind. This guy wanted to be a deacon in the church, and he walked out on his wife. So something happened. There was a disconnect for him 
as a man with that sacrament of matrimony, with the covenant relationship that he had with his wife. So somehow something had to be done to help men to avoid that type of situation again. So that's what the, the ministry to men grew out of in, uh, down in South Florida. And then um, we gathered first in a parish, 12 men, had them pray for me for a month, and we kicked this off. And we, we went uh, to, through quite a few different things. Uh, and the yield on that today is that there are two men's Bible studies that meet every week. One on Monday night at 7.30 p.m., the other one on Tuesday morning at 6 a.m. Now, you know they are not there for the coffee. Not that they're going to get up that early. And those men, that very core men, were the ones that we uh, called on to be the leadership to start the men's conferences for the Archdiocese of Miami. Now, this the upcoming conference uh, will be the ninth one that we've held in the Archdiocese of Miami. But these men weren't going to be leaders by themselves. They had to be convinced. And the way we convinced them is we took them to Steubenville. And there was a uh, men's leadership uh, meeting up there. And I convinced them they could do it, but they weren't sure. Then they went up and met the other guys up there. They said, hey, they're not any smarter than we are. We can do this. And I said, that's what I've been trying to tell you all along. I said, you just provide the time and God will provide the way. And so they did. And every year since then, we've been able to put on a conference for the men of the Archdiocese of Miami. Recently, we've started to do things like uh, we have two speakers that come in. One comes in and speaks the entire day in English. The other one comes in and speaks the entire day in Spanish. So the day always opens with the uh, mass celebrated by our Archbishop, Archbishop Thomas Wenske. And then uh, the guys have their coffee and their donuts, and then they go either into the English session or the Spanish session. We have bands for both. We have a band for the English, a band for the Spanish. And so they have worship and praise music. It really puts them in the, in the heightened mood to really praise God. And then the speakers start in. And we always have just top-notch speakers. Two of the fellows you uh, mentioned in your books have been two of our speakers, Dr. Scott Hahn and uh, Stephen Ray. Yeah, and, uh, they were just really fantastic for these guys. So, you know, the, the, uh, the energy of having them get together is the most powerful thing at all, of all. The, the thing that's missing, though, and this is missing with most men's conferences throughout the United States. They come to the men's conference, and then they go home and nothing happens. So what we were encouraging them to do with the No Man Left Behind concept is to build a ministry to men in their parish. Who is, your, who is the man that you're looking for for your ministry to men in a parish? Every single man whether he's a Knight of Columbus or he's a member of the Emmaus movement or what. Every single man is part of the ministry to men in the Roman Catholic parish. Every one of those men has to be reached on whatever level he happens to be at now. You give him what he needs in terms of what he thinks he wants. 
not as easy as it sounds. It's rocket science. So, but, but what do you do? Do you, do you, do you gather, do the men gather together monthly or weekly or biweekly or how does that happen? The conference, the conference usually is, um, is just that one day. But, the but then we encourage them to go back into the parish and to start some type of ministry to men. Sometimes it ends up being a Bible study. Not everybody is cut out for Bible study. Maybe you have to work with guys on a little lower level or a little lighter level to get them to move up. And yeah, that man is you program is very good too. Yes, yes it is. It, it's, a, yeah. it's a turnkey package. It's just, it's plug and play. They tell you how to do everything. You, have, you need 12 men. Each of them has a job, you know, and it's yes. kind of a cool way where someone who has never done it before can kind of start with that. Exactly. So the key, though, is that, that you need to break down into cell groups. You need, right. to have, you need to have each church. And by the way, if you're in a church and you don't have a men's group there, it's your fault. Mm -hmm. So do something about it. If you see the need, it's probably the Holy Spirit. Hey, Deacon, you know what it's like when, yep. when you're kind of just being sort of on, just being with the Lord. Oh, Lord, whatever your will is. And then he goes, what did you say? Well, you know, Lord, whatever your will is. Did, did you just call me Lord? In other words... I'm the boss of you? Yes, Lord. Hey, I got an idea. Why don't you start a, men, a, a small men's Bible study in your church? Oh, no, Lord, I'm not worthy. I'm not holy enough. I don't know enough of the Bible. I don't know how to do that. Well, everybody that I know involved in radio, for the most part, and uh, most people I know involved in the men's movement had no idea what they were doing when they got that little. It wasn't just a nudge. Sometimes it was a little shove. But the Holy Spirit has his way. He will use you in, in beautiful and powerful ways. It really takes you and two other men to kind of get it rolling. And then you need your, you get your dozen and then it kind of goes, goes from there. But the, the beauty of, what do you see? Do you feel that men uh, today uh, are, they're isolated? They feel lonely. They, they can only talk about sports. They can't talk about any crisis in their life with anybody. What do you see happening in the context of these, these uh, men's ministries that where, where men begin to open up more? I think that that's the that is the the uh, the key. Uh, most guys do not want to go walking into a Bible study right after they've had a uh, uh, an experience at a men's conference. Why? Because they don't feel as if they know anything. So, where do we start? We start at a little bit lower level. Uh, maybe we have a, a barbecue. Amen. Uh, I love this. Have things like that to bring the guys together. We open with a prayer. We close with a prayer. We tell them what's available for the men, either in the parish or in the local area. And then the the most important thing that can be done, and, and um, uh, Kevin O'Brien brings this out a, a lot. We just, had, we just had him on our show. We love Kevin. Yeah. He says, tap a guy. And that's what you have to do sometimes. You just, just tap, tap him, him on the shoulder. Just like the yep. Holy Spirit did to you, right? Same exactly. thing. Exactly. Hey, buddy, you want to come over? You know what? Uh, we have a, 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 something we call the Bear, Bears Man Cave. Yes. And it can only be joined if you go to our website, deepadventure.com. The whole idea is you go there. And by the way, it means you donate $10 a month to our ministry because our ministry is so expensive with our TV and, and radio, but we have really we need the help of people to do that. But by stepping up and doing that, that monthly donation, the men become part of Bears Man Cave, which is we, a, a, a secret Facebook group. You can't join it through Facebook. You have to do it through my website. And when people do that, they become part of this men's group. 
and in, in the man cave, we will post there on in, in, in the Facebook group challenges and inspirations and ways of equipping each other. And please pray for us. And then about every two or three weeks, we get together with a Zoom video chat meetup where all the men get together. And uh, we, we're actually going through uh, one of my books, Deep Adventure, The Way of Heroic Virtue. It's meant to be used in small men's groups. And by doing that, we're kind of showing them, modeling for them, this is what you can do. And so a lot of our men now, they'll meet uh, for breakfast earlier. Oh, they'll meet for whiskey and cigars on the deck of someone's you know, back, back porch. And they just read uh, from this book and, uh, and talk about it. No, the idea isn't to get through the book, but it's to just to open up dialogue. There's so many creative ways, but if you, just, if you just tap a guy on the shoulder and say, hey, let's get together and let's, you know, come and have a shot of whiskey with me and a cigar and let's talk story about, you know, let's get real with each other. We're talking with Deacon Vince Eberling. We've overrun another segment. We'll be right back with the Bear Wozniak Adventure. Saddle up. It's time for Long Ride Home cast member Daniel the Boom Markham to ride herd on us and challenge us to man up. Prudence. Now there's one doggone interesting word. Well, let me put it first to you this way. Prudence is the foundation of true statesmanship. Now if there's one darn thing that our country is in desperate need of, it's statesmanship. Statesmanship is the ability to lead a country with fairness, vision, and wisdom with fidelity to the highest values and to do so with courage in spite of opposition. Yet being inclusive while engendering understanding, connecting with the common person, rallying all to a higher cause. No person can be a true statesperson without the essential characteristic of prudence. Prudent meaning a person who makes wise, fair-minded, learned, quality judgments with some shrewdness guided by a clear sense of unwavering convictions to one's highest values and beliefs. Prudence can't be studied as much as it has to be observed and imbibed or learnt from a life of meeting difficult challenges with ever-improving leadership decisions and skills. Most of our leaders are demagogues and mere political strategists, not statesmen or stateswomen. We live in truly difficult and dangerous times, a time when we need leaders to stand above the fray and lead with prudence. Haven't seen any recently I could speak of. The greatest statesman in modern history, perhaps all history, would be President Abraham Lincoln and Prime Minister Winston Churchill, with Churchill being my top choice. Smart as a whip, too. Of course, above all them would be the Lord Jesus Christ, who the Bible and myriads call the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords to whom all of the aforementioned leaders look to as an example and for guidance and support. You'd be wise in doing the same. This is Daniel the Boone Markham at DanielTheBooneMarkham.com on a journey a few miles this side of heaven. Aloha, uh, this is the Bear Wozniak Adventure. I'm an adventure guide, Bear Wozniak. Our ministry is to challenge men, to equip men, and to mobilize men in the service of their to the Lord, service to their family, service to their community. Uh, but remember, you know, my father now, he's, he's a deacon. We have with us Vince, Deacon Vince Everling. My father now was in his 90s. And he says to me, where's my ministry now? Because uh, he, he was an amazing homilist. He was a professional speaker most of his life and an amazing homilist. But he says they don't even let me uh, teach anymore because he can't get up to the, to the podium to teach, you know, so he's no longer active in his diaconate. Uh, he's kind of 
difficult for him to walk. And I, and, and, you know, but he, he's in a, in a assisted living even. He's in such a challenging place in his life. Uh, but, you know, he'll sit in the back of the church and he'll hand out holy cards to the children. And they all come by and he tells them how beautiful they are and how no, there's nobody else like them in the world and how God made them for a unique purpose. And they just love that. But I said, Dad, you know, your ministry now is probably primarily to the Lord. To just love him back. And, of course, his tremendous power of his intercessory prayer life. We have a ministry to the Lord. And, that, and our life has to start with that. Men, start to get up early, an hour early every day, and spend time with the Lord, praying the liturgy of the hours, uh, reading uh, from Scripture, reading the, the Gospels of the day, and, and praying the rosary for your family is so profound in terms of its protecting them in this life of spiritual warfare. But we also, as men, need to come together, and that's why we have Dick, Deacon Vince Everling he was one of the innovators. He had the inspiration to develop the Miami Men's Conference. And so, Deacon Vince, welcome back to the show. Thank you, Bear. We love Archbishop Wensky. That guy's a gnarly dude, man. <laughs> when we rode, he's, he's cast member of season two of Long Ride Home, which should be airing sometime this spring on EWTN. It's also, by the way, season one is up on iTunes and Prime Video and Google Play, so people can watch all ten episodes if they want to go there. But... That guy's gnarly, man. When we were riding motorcycles, it was first day of lobster season. It was so hot, and uh, it was stop-and-go traffic. The asphalt was melting. The, the engines were just firing so hot. And I go, uh, Archbishop, should we pull over? No, let's keep going. Yep. Archbishop, should we pull over? No, let's keep going. And then finally, I just put my – I don't even know. I just – you know, I'm with the Archbishop, but I pull us over. <laughs> I was afraid everybody was going to faint. He's a t he loves to ride, and he's a biker. And, you know, yep. we enjoyed him. We got to spend time with him in the little Havana at his favorite cigar store. And then that night, uh, that you walk into this place, and uh, it's like the whole place is a humidor. And then we uh, that night in, in Key West, uh, back behind uh, the, the church there, uh, we, had a, we had four of us sat and had a beautiful cigar together and just... What a, what a privilege to sit and have a, a whole hour of just soaking up being with the Archbishop. So we love your Archbishop. But t talk to us more about this, this uh, how men need to come together, uh, not just in the big conferences, but on a weekly or biweekly or somehow monthly basis to encourage each other and how they do that. I think, it, you know, you hit it on the head uh, when you said that the all the, the guys were doing was, was they're, they're kind of like making their way through. They're faking it. But they, the thing is, they know that there's something missing. They're looking for something to give their lives to. And that thing that they're looking to give their lives to is Christ. And when that starts to make sense to them, it starts to sink in, that's when they're really ready to enter the, the phase of discipleship. They want to sit at the feet of the Lord and learn. Not just the scriptures, but the early church fathers, uh, the doctors of the church, uh, and, and they, they get really, really hungry. And you know what they say most often to me? Why didn't you tell us this stuff sooner? Yes, exactly. I mean, I, like I said, when I left the church, it was because I was hungry, and the church wasn't feeding me. And they wanted to feed me pablum, and I needed meat. And when yeah. I read Stephen Ray's book and found the early church fathers, I ordered all the volumes of the early church fathers, 
You know, I have the commentary by the early church fathers. I just didn't, you just, just soak up the early church. You can spend a lifetime just soaking up the wisdom of the early, the primitive, the young roaring lion of the church. Well, you know what I always tell them? I said, uh, if, uh, if you're a really good boy, I bet you go to mass 50 times a year. And I said, we'll give you two, two Sundays off for bad behavior. But well, uh, let, let's, let's say you go to mass all those 50 Sundays and you listen to a homily every Sunday, seven minutes. That's 350 minutes a year. Could you keep any kind of professional certification just for your profession with 350 minutes a year? The uh, answer is no. Right. I'm a CPA. I know they make me go to uh-huh. education, right? Yeah. Yes, they do. And the thing is, is that what you're looking at is a continuing education process that's going to guarantee you eternal life, life for all eternity. How much time would you like to invest in that? Very well said. Very well said. And, and you know, that's the kind of answer that, that you know, I have to give guys back to, you know, why didn't your church teach you this stuff? Well, in the first place, you didn't ask. In the second place, you didn't show up. So in order for you to learn something, you got to show up. And it's not just to listen to the deacon or listen to the priest. It's to listen to each other. Because any guy that's got an index finger can now operate most any learning device that we have. And we got tons of information out there. You know, All they have to do is just start the the uh, the video moving. You know, I have a you know, when I was going through a transition in my life, I, I had a job with Bank of uh, a big New York bank, working mm-hmm. in a very unique arena, and they wanted me to move from California to New York, and I said no. So I got a silver streamer, and it ended up that I started my CPA firm because of that. I didn't get a golden parachute, but silver streamer more like it. But I sat down on the beach. Uh, for six weeks, and I read the entire Old Testament. No, I read the New Testament, then the Old Testament, then the New Testament in that six-week period. As I was about to, I kind of took a hiatus from life for a season and then started my new venture, this new life. Um, but now uh, what I do is I have the entire Bible on Audible. Yeah. And so people who have never really taken a journey through the Bible, you're missing out. Mm-hmm. And the, one of the easiest ways to do that. Is I have a, I forget the name who of what which one I have on Audible, but I have a uh, he's kind of a Scottish accent or something I don't know, and I really love it. But it's a beautiful version of the Bible, and I, and you just listen to it, and you'd be surprised how you sweep through uh, Scripture, and in in a matter of a few of three to four or five months, just listening in the car, you've covered the entire Bible, and then can start over. And then I have another app that I use called Audio Books, not mm-hmm. Audible, but Audio Books. And it's a free app, and all of the audiobooks on there are post-copyright. So that means they're all free, and volunteers read. I've listened to the entire Summa Theologia that way. Yes. I listened to the Confessions of St. Augustine. I've listened to the Imitation of Christ, Catherine of Siena. Everyone you can imagine is available on audiobooks. So when I'm working out or I'm doing a beach walk or whatever, I get to do that. So, yeah, there, there's, there's so much available now. And the Liturgy of the Hours is available on Universalis and today's readings. So, yeah, we need to take advantage of the, uh, of, 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 uh, and, and, the, and, and like Jesus said, seek you first the kingdom of God and his righteousness. Everything will be added to you. 
If the first thing you do in the morning is get up and sit at your computer and go to work, you've missed your marching orders for the day, right? Hey, we've got about two more minutes. What would you say to a man there that has never really had a personal encounter with Jesus? What would you invite him? How would you invite him to, to do that? First thing I would do is ask him out for coffee. No, so I, mean, right, I mean, right now, if there's someone listening that wants to give their life to the Lord right now, that's con been convicted by your statement, what would you say to them? I, lead them? I would first of all tell them to find another Catholic man who's really walking in the faith and just sit down and talk to him. Because the, the only way that you can really do life-on-life -life ministry conversion is one man at a time. One man to another man. Doesn't have to be a priest. All it has to be is a guy who you know is walking with Christ, and you want to give your life to him, sit down and talk with that guy. So that's Let's where just, it starts. Let's just pray this prayer. There's a scripture verse that says, Who have I in heaven but thee, O God? Mm -hmm. and I want those of you that are listening right now that really want to give your life to Jesus to just pray this psalm with me. Who have I, who have I in heaven but thee, O God? And there is no one on this earth I desire beside thee. My flesh and my heart fail me, but you are the strength of my life and my portion forever. Jesus, I surrender all of my life to you. I ask you to come in to my heart, invade my heart, invade my spirit, soul, and body. Holy Trinity, come into the center of my heart. Sweep me up in your love and in your wings. Fill me and give me guidance and direction. I can abandon all that I am to you, Jesus. Amen. we got to go, Deacon. We'll have to have you back. Will you, one of these days, I hope I get to come down to your men's conference, maybe speak down there. I hope so. We're looking until, forward to it. Until uh, next time, this is the Bear Wozniak Adventure. You can find out more at deepadventure.com. May the breath of the Holy Spirit aloha you. Aloha from Waikiki. You've been listening to the Bear Wozniak Adventure. Go to bearwozniak.com to get your free audio and other exciting content. Plus, you can pick up the Long Ride Home 10-episode DVD set, autographed copies of Bear's books, Long Ride Home shirts, tanks, coffee cups, and even motorcycle pins and patches. And find out how guys can sign up for Bear's Man Cave online Facebook group, all at bearwozniak.com.